everybody. Welcome to the Binge Lounge, our little semi-regular show where we just sit down and turn on the microphones and gab a little bit with our friends. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. What's up, Vince? How you doing? Oh, I'm chilling. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Welcome back to the world. Yes, I enjoyed Welcome my vacation. Welcome back to the world. Uh, I, went to, uh, I went on a cruise. I went to uh, Puerto Rico. Oh. <laughs> St. Thomas. Uh, St. Martin's. Um, Nassau. It, it, was, it was a very lovely time. Oh, that's wonderful. It was really, really cool. I think my favorite, my favorite stop was St. Martin's. Okay. Um, have you ever been to St. Martin's? I have not. St. Martin's. Which is, I didn't know, is dually governed by the Dutch on one side and the French on the other side. Oh, okay. So, I, and I, I was not aware of that at, okay. at all. The Dutch is where most of the casinos are and the resorts and things of that nature. Okay. The French side... Has some resorts, but primarily on the French side is where there are more like the the, the the resorts are primarily visited by French dignitaries. Oh, the royal from France. Okay, the high polloi from France. Okay, whereas on the Dutch side, those resorts and things and the huge private homes up on the hills uh, on the mountainside of mm-hmm. the hilltops of St. Martin's are home to more of the celebrities that come visit there. Oh, okay. Um, it, so it's really interesting driving around. We went around St. Martin's with this guy um, calls himself Mr. Bowtie. Okay. He, he took us on a tour of the entire island, stopping at different places, um, giving us uh, feedback on, you know, how the two sides kind of mm, agree to disagree sure. most of the time. Sure. Um, there's not a whole lot of give back to the actual people. Right. Of course not. You know, that's how that goes. Right. Um, but the people just find a way to... Make it work. Sure. Um, you've got to live on on one side or the other. You right. can't. You technically are not supposed to be able to work on both sides. Okay. So if you work on the Dutch side, you can't work on the French, on the French side. side. Sure. Um, it was real interesting. The other thing, St. Martin's, much like all the rest of the islands, I did not know this. No stoplights. Yes, that I didn't know. There's, but literally, there's no stoplights. There's no stop signs. Right. It's, it's literally just drive. Right. Right. But the traffic isn't as heavy as we think. Well, that's you would think that. Mm-hmm. And when we docked, because I was on a cruise ship, when we docked, we were the only, um, the only uh, uh, cruise ship in in the at port. Okay. On that day. But Miss, as Mister Bowtie informed me, just the a couple of weeks prior, they had three cruise ships in at the same time. Okay. When we docked and it was just us, 
the traffic was still going a little, uh, uh, there was still a bit of traffic, primarily because there's a lot of construction happening because all of these islands were devastated by the most recent hurricanes, sure. Irma and sure. things of that nature, and St. Martin's not uh, also. And there was a lot of construction of them rebuilding their homes. Right. Matter of fact, I think they passed rules there that now the homes and have to be made out of like a concrete material okay. as opposed to like the wood and stuff and basically like almost like balsa wood that they were mm-hmm. building their houses with before um, so that they can, you know, withstand, which which is why it's taking so much longer for them to rebuild. Back right, right. Because you're saying rebuild. It sounds like they're actually building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um so the traffic was actually a little bit congested mm-hmm. with just our one boat in port. Okay. So he told us that when there was three boats in port, oh, it was insane. Right. right. And considering that if you are not with a don't have a you know there's no no stoplights, no traffic, no traffic. And in, um, he said you basically just have the um, the sleeping cops there to 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 mind the traffic and the sleeping cots are his, his code word for the speed bumps that are everywhere right, to kind right, of slow you right, up. Right. Um, so when it's crazy and you know, people they're renting like the dune buggies and, and all and, that type and of stuff scooters and, and scooters, the, yeah. but they don't know the traffic rules. Right. Oh, it gets bananas. Right. Right. There. Right. Right. But, um, but all in all, it was still a fun time. Mr. Oh, Bowtie, he, he, Gives a great tour, a lot of information. Okay. It was okay. pretty dope. Now, was he actually wearing a bow tie? He was actually very much I'm wearing really a bow tie. I'm really happy he was wearing a bow tie. Oh, yes. I was just going to be confused. <laughs> well, excellent. On the ship, I saw this show. It's called Star Walker. Okay. They basically had this Michael Jackson, like, imitator guy. Mm-hmm. Did like about a good forty-five minute uh, suite of Michael Jackson songs with all the dancers and all nice. that type of stuff. Man, let me tell you, that was a hell of a show. That was a hell of very a show. nice dude was dancing his butt off. He, was, he nice. had his Michael Jackson on. He was well, he little, had a cruise. He had a cruise ship dude. He's he, got, a, he got one of them cruise ship gigs. Hey, that's got, a good gig. Well, it can be. Yeah, it can. It it can be now. Our cruise ship, the MSC Cruise Line, mm-hmm. was originally a European cruise line. So this was this ship, the Seaside, is only its second Caribbean cruise. They okay. just like they they just um, launched this ship in 2017. So everybody, pretty much on that cruise, on all the people that are working on the cruise, come from over in Europe. Oh, okay. Or or different islands and stuff like that. Like, there's hardly, there's very few Americans working on there. Okay. I think it's a total of like 120 countries represented by the people that work there. Okay. Um, and we went to this one lady who was, um, did nails. We got a pedicure while we were on there. On I the saw it. It's very, it's yeah, you know, very metro. <sighs> very metro. You know, there's what things you do. Yeah. You know. So, um, but her story was very touching because she basically was saying, like, you know, she took this contract to be on a cruise for like seven months just so that she could afford to get this operation for her daughter. My back God. at home. Because she told they do all this while she was doing your nails? Yes. Um, because they have no well, you're talking to the people, you know, you're talking about their stories. And um 
No any small talk? Like talk about the weather? Well, I mean, look, that long was just manicure. Was <laughs> it that long? It's about Lord. thirty minutes. All right. But you're having a conversation with people. You know, you're opening up to them, and they and they feeling you know comfortable enough to open up to you. All right. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm good at what I do. Oh yeah. Okay. So she opened up to right, me, right, right. Uh, to us, and um, it, it it, but it's just again perspective. You know, yeah, oh, she yeah. does not. She is from um, I want to say Cameroon, but I could be wrong. Um, but she doesn't have any. They don't have any health care. Sure. Uh, she basically did this, did, did nails as a hustle back home. Okay. And then when the opportunity came to get this job, she told them that she had a certificate to do it. They hired her. She got a certificate to do it. All right. And she got on a cruise ship. All right. And now she's doing it. All right. Um, and at the end of her contract, she'll go back home in January. Her daughter will have the have the um operation. The operation. Um, and it's a very pretty, pretty intense operation, actually, she has to have. Uh, and then she'll be back on the ship in March. All right. For another seven months. Right. Did you tip her well? Yes, I tipped her okay. well. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I know how to take care of my people. All right. Well, you got the operation. <laughs> yes, I wanted to get the operation. So. so anyway. All right. But I'm back. And now you're back. Now I'm back. Baby, I'm back. <laughs> She's also the name of a short-lived sitcom starring Damon Wilson featuring a black family. See what I did? You did. You gave me a perfect segue. See what I did? Into something we'll be talking about later. Yeah. But first, <laughs> first, I want to um, to tell you, Vince, recently you and I, mm-hmm. on at the request of our podcast family home, Podglomerate, yes. we recorded a little bumper to go in front of our show asking people to, you know, rate and review us yes, on Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes, Right? And, you know, our, our our guy at Podglomerate, Jeff, basically told us they found it that this works with getting people to go in and actually give us a review. Okay. And I was like, you know, and you even said, like, well, like we say at the end of every show, and it's like, yeah, but, you know, they said to do this, so we did it. Right, right, do it at the beginning. We sure. do what our overlords tell yes, us. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Jeff was right. Because no figure. <laughs> Jeff was right because we did it, and no sooner than we d- we do, then we've gotten a bunch more podcast reviews. Thank you. I was I was like, whoa, Jeff. I guess you know what you're talking about. I guess you know what you're talking about. So let's see what the be- and I'm glad that we have these. Okay, because the mo- up until now, the most recent review that we have, which was a four-star review. Yes, yes, which we appreciate all of them. It wasn't a bad review. Sure. However, it was the review where the person said, like, you know, they love the show, first-time listener. However, you guys call Hollywood Shuffle Harlem Shuffle the entire time. We did. We, and we did. We, we owned did. it. We did. So up until recently. That was what was sitting there. That was sitting there. Oh, okay. So, what we got now? Now. All right. Let's hear, let's hear what the people say. All right. All right. So we've got a five-star review. Five-star. From Big Neens. Thank you, Big Neens. This podcast is everything you could ask for from a podcast. Two knowledgeable and funny people who have great chemistry and are clearly friends having a good time delivering insightful, thoughtful conversation about undervalued subject matter. The mission is laudable and necessary, and this podcast is required listening for anyone interested in cinema, 
black culture, American culture, geek culture, and so much more. Just try it. You won't be disappointed. Thank you. Then we heard from Ray Cummings. Hey, Ray. Another five-star review where he says it's essential. Oh, thank you, Ray. What can I say? This is a unique podcast that I look forward to every week, regardless of whether or not I've seen the movie. Recommend it. Thank you. Then we got an outstanding five-star review from Devin Devereaux. Oh, thank you, Devin. These guys know their stuff. This is one of my favorite film critique podcasts. It is laugh out loud funny every time. I especially dig the horror film and Star Trek breakdowns. (laughs) Keep up the good work, missionaries. Thank you, Devin. And then last uh, but not least, we got a five-star review. My favorite podcast from Jesse's Girl 35. Hey, Jesse's Girl 35. Great host. Great conversation. I look forward to every new episode. I love hearing reviews of some of my favorite films while also being introduced to tons of new film. Whether or not the films are any good, (coughs) rapping, (laughs) Len and Vince are always a delight to listen to. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Rapping Hood. Yeah. So that was cool, right? Yeah, thank you. We appreciate that, missionaries. We really do. We really do. Thank you very much. Keep Uh, them coming. Please. Please keep them coming. Yes. Uh, We love hearing from each and every one of you about all the things that we do because uh, we do it all for you. Yes. That that sounds like a... That's a slogan somewhere. Or, yeah. Somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) Power pop song from the 80s. Is that what it is? (laughs) Is it a power pop song? It may be. Yeah, isn't it the Brian Adams song on the uh, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack? Everything I do, I do it for you. Something like that? Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Oh, yeah. You, you, I think you got to. <laughs> I think you're right. It doesn't sound anything like what I sang, but. <laughs> but yeah. Um, we also heard from Ryan Sands. Hey, what's up, Ryan? Who's talked about our show that we did with him at Blurred City Comics. Yeah, absolutely. He was telling everybody that um, you have to check out this podcast. You've got to hear it to see why Vince is making (laughs) hand gestures. See? See? And why I'm laughing so hard at Len. Yeah, that's an interesting episode. Yeah. Our Ben and Black review. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was great meeting Ryan in person. Yes, it was. Yeah, it felt like we know him already, but it was good to see him in person. It was it was indeed. That was fun times, and that's available right uh, up there, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Episode 170. 170. Of the podcast. We are marching our way. We are marching towards 200. Which will be there, as you've calculated, in the, about a little over six months. Yes. So yeah. that means somewhere in... I mean, you know, 52 weeks in a year... February. Because it's for September, October. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like about sometime in February. In February, March. For maybe. Black History Month. For, wouldn't that be great if it hit in Black History Month? That will, we'll have to coordinate it to make it so. I mean, we can only coordinate it so much. Well, you know, you throw a couple of binge lounge. We're doing a binge lounge now. Uh, yes, yes. Throw a binge are. lounge in there every yeah, once in a while. One there, okay. You know, it, do it, binge lounges count? No, they don't. All right, so what's that got to do with... 
but that'll at least kick the week. Oh, you're saying if if uh, I'm saying I don't know. Even if we do them every week, will we hit? You're saying that we don't want to hit before February, right? Okay, well, so we'll, we'll try and right, ex- we'll do it. In, okay, we'll, you know, make it work, make it work, so that 200 hits, hits in Black in, History, in Black History Month. Month. Okay, that's all I'm saying. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. Hey there, missionaries. You know that Vince and I, we love you. We do. And we're glad that you come to the show every week. It would be a huge help if you could do us a favor and head over to Apple Podcasts and review the show. I know, I know, it doesn't seem like it's a lot, but trust me, it helps other people find our little mission. Absolutely. So head over to Apple Podcasts, type in the Me Show mission, and rate and review. Thank you. Okay, back to your segue. Yes, back to my segue. <laughs> Baby, I'm back. A to short your lived, <laughs> a short lived sitcom with Damon Wilson about yeah. black families. About black families. Yes, because you know we had talked. We were talking about black sitcoms fairly recently. Yes, on the show, and it got us talking about you know just black sitcoms you know uh, um i think maybe their high water martin probably was the 70s yeah oh yeah as as a as a period of, right 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 like across the board mm-hmm. absolutely even though you've had you'd certainly had peaks and valleys in the 80s and then in sure. the 90s but if you wanted as to well. as you said hit but i think that's the 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 pinnacle for sitcoms frankly what the 70s yeah 80s? not even just black sitcoms well, yeah, probably, probably, yeah, because there was a time when sitcoms ruled the TV right, landscape. Right. They don't anymore. They don't anymore, and 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 the ones that do certainly don't rise to the level of of what Norman Lear was doing. And then outside of Norman Lear, you still had Mash. You had you, you had the the Bob Newhart show. You Mary Tyler Moore. You had Mary Tyler Moore. Cheers you had and later Cheers years. in the eighties. You, you you had um, um the Odd Couple. I, I mean, were you a fan of the Odd Couple? I really was. I was a fan of the Odd Couple. I was too. a big Odd Couple fan. Now here's the thing: I am a big Odd Couple fan because we have CBS All Access so that we can review Star Trek Discovery. Right. They have quite a few episodes of the Odd Couple on Yes. There. And I've recently went back and watched a few of them. Okay. And they were okay. Okay. But they didn't hit me like they did, like I thought they would. Why do you think that is? I don't know because they, it's not, I don't, I don't think that they necessarily age badly. I mean, they definitely are 70s, mm-hmm. the 70s show. Um, and I'm a fan of Tony Randall and Jack Klugman, the, of course, the stars of the of the show. But for some reason, they didn't hit me as gr- great comedy. It wasn't. It wasn't oh. like I just wasn't. I wasn't. So many of those '70s shows, those '70s comedies, weren't quote unquote. Like funny, see, like but, that. See, see, but they were almost like little plays. See, but I disagree because I also recently 
watched, and this was may, go, maybe going back a year. Boy, it is real binge lounge now because we're about to tunnel down into some stuff that don't <laughs> have shit to do with black people. I understand. But we'll, we'll, we'll make our way back. All right, we, we're going. It'll, it'll get darker yeah. soon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I recently, maybe like last year, sat down and binged uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Okay. The, uh, all seasons. Yeah. I loved and laughed incredibly on that whole show. I think that's a different animal than the odd couple. The odd I mean, couple. it's around the same time, the seventies. I think in, in, and I'm sure you'll like, I don't know if how much Carl Reiner had to do with the Mary Tyler Moore Nothing. show, but it was from it's, it's in that school. Like it's very much a Carl Reiner esque rhythm to it to me and you're using Carl Reiner like, because like of Dick him Van doing Dyke, the Dick Van, Dick Dick Van, Van Dyke, Dyke um, um, I'm trying to think Carl Reiner stuff like that kind of writer's room mm-hmm. like I think there's a real rhythm to it well well, it's decidedly is a better show than The Odd Couple I'll give you that better written well and and The Odd Couple is more I mean obviously a Neil Simon it, it has a play background right so I always looked at it again as a play, like it was almost like a weekly play. Okay, and and the appeal of it was these two sort of master performers mm-hmm. bouncing off of each other. Like like the great thing about the Odd Couple is that you had so many episodes that were like one scene played. Like it was just the two of them in that room, right, going back and forth, mm-hmm. and they were so. Like they're so good, and then as the years went on, it just got more and more polished. So that when's the last time you watched it? I mean, probably two or three years ago. Like, I mean, in really? in, in all fairness, I haven't watched The Odd Couple in probably three, four, like maybe even five years. The That's last still time more recent. Than I, I thought watched you it. Okay, but I but I I do like I actually think. The Odd Couple has more in common with the Bob Newhart show. Like there's this the, the the psychiatrist Bob Newhart show, right? Okay. Like there's this real sort of 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 I don't know what I want to say. Like like I'm looking for a word that means slow, but it doesn't have negative connotation. Deliberate. There's a real level of deliberation. With some of Lewis, again, I think about the Odd Couple. Mm. I think about the Bob Newhart show. Mm. I think about I can't think of a third one to to finish my pattern. Yeah, because I don't I don't see I don't see but something married like I put Mary Tyler Moore, Rhoda obviously. Um, I mean, really, I feel like that girl fits into this more. Then, then, and then, obviously, right. The well, well that that girl predates, Mary right? Tyler Moore. But I'm saying there's a speed to it, mm-hmm. a rhythm. Yeah, there's a rhythm, you. almost a physicality mm-hmm. to it that mm-hmm. I I don't ascribe to the, the odd, odd couple. couple. Okay, I feel you, and I, I love you. both of them. Yeah, I just love them differently. I got you. I got you. I also we've now named how many? Let's see. So I said Rhoda, Mary Tyler Moore show, Dick Van Dyke. The Odd Couple, The Bob Newhart Show. So I just named five shows with no black people on them at all. Well, that's not true. 
John Amos was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. No, That's where mean, he got his start. I don't mean an episode. He wasn't on just an episode. He was like a, a recurring character. Was he? Yeah, he was the sports guy. He was Gordy, the sports guy. He That's sure where he got his was. start. He sure was. Yeah. That's where he got his start because he, he went from there to good, to good time. times. Right. Cause, yeah. Um, what's her name? Recruited him. Um, I can't believe I just forgot. Norman Florida. Lear. No, Florida Evans. I forgot Florida. Oh, Evans. oh, Estelle Roll. Estelle, Estelle Roll. Because you know they wanted, her, they wanted her to be a single mother. Yes. And she said no. They wanted to have a black man. And and then I think she. I don't know if she personally said John Amos, but that's how he got folded in because of her. You know, and you know. Now we talk about black people. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> and darkness fell. <laughs> um, you know. The the story, the history of that show, Good Times, okay, is notorious. Okay, you know, with with John Amos um, leaving the show. Yes, after I think the second season. Yes, or maybe yes. maybe yeah, I think after the second season, um, because he didn't like the way that the show was going. You know, basically bigging up JJ. It, Jimmy it became Walker. the Jimmy Walker show. Yes, I recently just saw an interview. On YouTube with Jimmy Walker. Yes. Who he basically says that he did not, he was not friends with John Amos or Esther Roll. I don't think he was friends with the whole cast. He wasn't, yo, he was, he, 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 he took a dump on everybody. Well, Jimmy Walker talks about the fact that when the show started, so you had Esther Roll, who obviously was an actress, John Amos was an actress. Um, Mike, I forget Michael's real name. Ralph, Ralph Carter. Um, Ralph Carter, who was an actor. We've talked about this before. Like you look at the first couple of seasons, it says Ralph Carter appears, um, courtesy of Raisin, right? Which was the musical version of Raisin in the Sun, because mm-hmm. he was a stage actor, right? And then Bernadette Stannis was a model and a dancer and everything. Jimmy Walker was a comedian, yeah, and had been a With comedian, a name. right? So. Again, I think he was almost 30 years old when the show started. Mm-hmm. And then when, once you couple it with the the tension that happened almost immediately yeah. with J.J. being the breakout star, he he really strikes me as someone who's really bitter about the whole experience. Jimmy. Jimmy Walker. Like when he talks about good times generally, he doesn't have much good to say. True, but – Listening to this interview, he does come off that like he was a very tone deaf jerk during that time because he tells a story about how like the interview starts asking him about how he worked with everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And he says that he wasn't friends with Esther Roll and John Amos. They didn't talk to him. He didn't talk to them. Right. Whatever reason. Um, he said about Ralph Carter. He thought that Ralph Carter basically started phoning it in after okay. a while because he wasn't getting to play. Right. So he started phoning it in. And then he tells this story about Bernadette Stannis, um, who admittedly wasn't given much to do on the show. Except be fun. Which he talks about how, you know, everywhere he went, that's all everybody would tell him. It's like, oh, my God, she's gorgeous. She's Lord gorgeous. She's gorgeous. mercy. So he, I think he said he either did a guest starring role or somehow came across the Farrah Fawcett calendar. Which okay. was, it, it, it 
believe me, ladies and gentlemen, like the Farrah Fawcett calendar in the 70s was the thing. Right. Oh, yeah. This was the thing that. That and that poster with her on the Corvette. Right. Yeah. This is what shot her and her shows, Charlie's Angels, into the stratosphere and makes it the cultural icon that it is that it keeps getting remade years and years after. Right. So he, he. Saw that calendar. Another show with a really interesting story. Very true. But go ahead. So he saw that calendar. And he knew how big Bernadette Stannis was in the minds of black men Mm -hmm. of that time. So he goes to the powers that be at CBS and says, hey, y'all should try and get Bernadette. To do a poster. Okay. You know, a little like bikini poster. Yes. You know, and, and, and like and, and sell that. He then says that not long after he makes that suggestion, Norman Lear and John Amos come to him in his dressing room and basically read him down. Mm. Like, dude. For take your mind off of that. That's not going to happen. How dare you even suggest that? It ain't happening, and I we don't want to hear you even mention it again. Because, well, I think because in their mind, what he's doing, and it's true, he's okay. She's not being given much to do on the show, right? So. Why don't we, instead of finding a way of writing her more to do on the show, let's just objectify her. Got you. And make her, you know, just, you know, this this pinup right. girl. Got you. Um, and they're like, no, we're not going to do this. Especially at this time when, you know, um, not only are black women you know, few and far between then when you've seen them on TV. Right. And and then it's, you know, what roles are you really seeing them on right, TV? Right. Like Farrah Fawcett has the privilege to do that because you have Barbara Walters. Exactly. Got you. So, you know, if you want to do that to Thelma, well, the only other person out there, and Jimmy Walker speaks of, like the biggest sex symbol at that time was Lola Falana. Yes, Lord. And exactly how that's how you responded to Lola Falana. Yes. But Lola Falana was a singer and a dancer. Yes, she was. But that's not what you're thinking. You know what I'm saying? And the only other one. I mean, I was thinking about her dancing when you said just now. Yeah, right. So, um, where was she dancing, Vince? Uh, Don't answer that. So, (laughs) in her show, and then she would have. You remember Lola Falana had a show. No, I don't remember. It was those. called Lola. I don't remember. And then it was an exclamation mark at the end of Lola. And then she would come out. And she would always dance. Whew. I don't remember Lola Falana having a show. How do you not remember the I Lola Falana? I mean, because I'm not a fan I, of Lola I think Falana. Were, I think there were specials. Like she yeah, had a maybe series, she had specials. Of, a series okay. of specials. But she had like four or five of well, them. Well, I'm not a fan of Lola Falana. How are you not a fan of Lola Falana? I don't think she's a bad person, but she just never did anything for me. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I thought she was a good looking woman, Ooh. and she and she and she. I saw her try and dance and sing. I don't think she was a particularly great. Uh, singer Ooh, and she sure could her dance. dancing maybe it was because of the my age at the time Ooh. it just didn't do anything for me 
Ooh, I like that Lola Falana. No, I'm glad you do. Ooh. But. I'm sorry. We were talking about <laughs> Thelma. I mean, you got, like, I'm going to just say, you got me in a real dangerous space right now. Apparently. Like, we talking about Thelma and Lola Falana? Well, I, yes, but you're doing exactly what we, I'm Why don't we start about. talking about Jasmine Guy in the second season of Different World, too? Let's just pull them all out. This is not what I, this. Uh, you remember the episode where, where uh, Whitley was doing aerobics? And she had on like a leotard and she was doing aerobics. I don't remember. And it was like, I I remember watching it in my dorm room. Like, what are they doing right now? This can't be right. Oh, my God. Then like the Christmas episode, she had on like the little Christmas joint. I know. I don't. You remember that episode of Different World? No, I don't. I'll tell you what episode of Different World I remember. There was an episode of Different World where Dwayne... And uh, who was his best friend? Ron. Ron. Him, him and Ron had an argument. Yes. Uh, and it was a big blow up. Yeah. But then, and I can't remember exactly what the, the argument was about and how, exactly how the This one the argument at the end of the series, was it? No. About the video game. No, no, no. Wasn't was it in the terrible. series? Uh, it, but I forget how the argument played out, but at the end of the episode... If I remember correctly, they're playing basketball. Yeah. And they kind of like, they get over it because, yeah. because they're friends. Right, right, dudes. And I remember watching that episode and being moved by their friendship. Yes. Because while I had had friends my my, my whole life, um, I had had few and few actual like male friends at that stage in my life. I was probably like in my early 20s. Right. But I did have one at that time, this guy James, who thankfully is still a very dear friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching that episode and calling James right after it and saying like, James, you watching a different world? He's like, yeah, I'm watching it. Of course. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you did. You watched Bill Cosby right. in a different Cosby world on Thursday. Into, right. You think you're better than me? <laughs> like, what is like what is that? What the hell is that? <laughs> like, I'm over here talking about Thelma and Lola Falana and Jasmine Guy, and now you want to talk about your deep, well, I'm deep saying, soulful friendship? I did. You think you're I, better than me? Because I called Jay. Yeah. That's what, my boy, Jay. Uh-huh. Um, who was my rap partner, actually. Uh-huh. He kissed my ass, man. I'm not even... <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I mean... I was like, Jay, this is me and you, dude. I mean, while you had such <laughs> lowbrow objectifications of those black queens, you know what I remember? I remember brotherhood. I remember fraternity. I remember the bonds that we have with one another as human beings. That's when I took away from uh-huh. the world. Yeah. I was at, honestly. And obviously on a different world than you. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. Apparently. But you know why? Because with all due respect for Jasmine Guy, a beautiful woman. Right. You a Kim dude. I'm a Kim dude. But you you didn't mention like a Kim episode. Well... She did real. Did she really have an episode? Uh, not, not that really. Yeah, accentuated. So, yeah, there's no Kim episode. There's no real Kim. I mean, they're not like that. There were some good Kim episodes. Yeah, but not. You know. Okay. So, <laughs> so good times. 
Jimmy Walker telling them they should have a calendar of Thelma. Oh, and yo, Norman Lear, John Amos come and yell at him. Wait a minute. Jimmy Walker doesn't even stop there. There's more. So then the interview. And I know that because Jimmy Walker has a gang of stories about good times. So then the, 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 the reporter is asking him about the rest of the actors. So he asked him about Jeanette Dubois, who mm. played, played Falona. Yes, she did play Rolona. Here we go. <laughs> so you remember the beginning of I think it was the fourth episode of the credits. It would come and say Janet Dubois as Rolona, and then like she can't she dancing. She had on a little tennis dress on. Yes. Oh, you you, you remember that, Lynn? That didn't remind you of. I called my aged grandfather who <laughs> taught me to play tennis, and we spoke about life that day and. Under the learning tree. Under the learning tree. And, and like I saw Jan Du Bois in, in, in the tennis dress. I said, ooh, that's a little tennis dress. I don't but remember you, her in a tennis dress. You don't remember when she came out she's wearing a tennis dress? No. no. I think it's the season before last. Because the last season when she's in the credits, she's she's um in the bridesmaid outfit. Wow. Because that's from the episode where um Keith and, and Thelma got married. Why is she in the br- oh bridesmaid? She's okay, a bridesmaid. Okay, okay, okay. But the season before that, she came in and she had on a the little tennis. Oh, dress. I do remember that. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, right, right. But yeah, like I said. I so anyway, so he, 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 Jimmy Walker, Jimmy Walker, he proceeds to kind of like take a dump on Jeanette Dubois. Yeah. So he's basically saying like oh, he says Jeanette Dubois, you know, let me tell you about Jeanette Dubois. She thinks I don't like her. So then he looks into the camera. Jeanette, I like you. What is he but doing? she was trying. She was trying real hard. She would be in the producers' ear, you like, you know, you know, I sing the song, I sing the theme song of the Jeffersons, you know. So you know, maybe I could come and sing a song on here, or maybe I could do a, like a dancing and stuff. You know, I read poetry. Maybe I could Why read some poetry. I make hats, you know. So, like, so you know, I could maybe I could come in with, with a different hat. I mean, he is like really taking a top on her. So then he's the reporter asked her about Janet Jackson. Now he's going to talk crazy about little girl. Well, what he says is, well, you know, you say, well, Jeanette Dubois is the reason why Janet Jackson is on the show, because she was always up in the, the people's ear because, you know, again, she wasn't given much to do. She come right, in for right. four she minutes. Storyline. So they were like, All right, we got to give her something. Right. So they brought in Janet Jackson. Right. So they said, well, what did you think about Janet Jackson? He said, well, I'll tell you a story because Bernadette stayed friends with Janet Jackson, right? Yeah. So he said, Bernadette tells a story about how one day when, you know, later down the line, um, Janet asked her, hey, you know, how's how's Jimmy doing? And Bernadette says, well, why don't you call him and see how he's doing? And Janet said, "Um, well, I don't talk to Jimmy because he never talked to me. Mm. And then Jimmy says, and and Jimmy says, and that's true because I don't talk to children. Yeah, I don't talk to children. You know, like Ralph Carter was. I, I acted with him, so I had to talk to him. But other than that, I don't talk to children. What, what I got to say to children? So, which which is fair. I don't talk to children. That's actually fair. Like I was wondering what was he going to say about Janet Jackson? Because the other thing that I heard about Janet Jackson on the set of Good Times was that, I mean, obviously or or thankfully, like her family was always there well, i can believe that so that you couldn't like i was like i was waiting to see where you were going to go with this because i didn't know when jimmy walker was going to be somewhere with janet jackson mm. like they, they yeah because they probably would never let that happen right i mean well you didn't let him that happen he was a 40 year old man <laughs> true. very true 
Very true. He's, he's, and you, he's a he's a. He's, he's a, an asshole. He's, he's an yeah, asshole. I think Jimmy Walker's an asshole. He's a legit asshole. Yeah. He yeah, is. absolutely. For somebody who's not that funny. No. Like, that was always my Jimmy That's Walker thing. thing. He's not like, dude, funny at you're all. You're not that funny to be, like, like we were talking about Red Fox a couple of episodes ago with Norman. That's you. And, and like we said, Red Fox notoriously was, was a personality. Mm-hmm. But at least he was Red Fox. Yeah. Like, dog, you Jimmy Walker. So. Have you ever seen, because he he started as a stand-up. Yeah. From what I understand, he, you know, afterwards he returned to stand-up. I have seen his stand-up several is, times. Is he is he good? He is not funny. I okay. don't understand the Jimmy Walker thing. Mm. Like, I kind of get why he was the breakout like you look at the first couple of seasons and you can see that spark about like how he broke out Mm -hmm. but I think that had more to do with the scripts yeah and his physicality like I will say I think his physicality he could work that physicality those first couple of years when he was so small Mm -hmm. but Jimmy Walker was never funny yeah and you're personable it was the physicality because what happens in the later seasons when he you know gets the perm and you know starts cleaning himself up that's right he's no longer he's no no longer longer funny funny because now he thinks he's, you know, I'm I'm James Walker. Look, the later I, I, I I'm trying to I give Jimmy Walker credit. There are there are, I think two episodes where I really like Jimmy Walker. Mm-hmm. One is an episode where he moves out and he ends up in an apartment with some dudes that end up being criminals. I think I remember that. And one, yeah. at the end there's there's a whole shootout basically and he calls and basically asks to come home. Right. And it's pretty effective. And then there's an episode where they have a party and a guy who was a big basketball star in high school has come back from college mm-hmm. but come to find out he's gotten cut mm-hmm. and his girlfriend left him and long story short he tries to commit suicide like he takes a whole bottle of pills and Jimmy Walker JJ ha- has to keep him awake while they wait for the ambulance and JJ talks which strangely enough it's one of the very few times that they acknowledge James's death oh. later on oh okay cuz he, he references it right and he talks about having to step up when his dad died and, and how hard it was in, in life. And it was a nice moment. And it was a nice enough moment that I remember it right now talking about mm-hmm. good times. But yeah, Jimmy Walker was never like, I don't think there's any, it, it, it's, it's any fluke that Jimmy Walker didn't do anything substantial after good times. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a fluke. He was good on those couple episodes of everybody hates Chris, I guess. See, that was a show that I watched a few episodes of. Mm -hmm. I liked it well enough, but it didn't become appointment television. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember what was out during that time, but I I feel the same. Like, I loved every, well, I liked every episode I watched, but I've caught way more of them in reruns. Right. And as I watched them in reruns, I I liked all of them. Yeah. But I I, I I feel like maybe something came on at the same time. Or Which is for, there know. was a bunch of other stuff on, but because I'm because I am a Tachina Arnold uh, 
fan. It's my favorite Tachina Arnold role. Really? It really is. Yeah, that may, that may be. Yeah, that may be. That ran from uh, five years. Yeah, oh yeah. I, that, yeah, it was on for a minute. Wow, I, I'm sure. It, it aired for four seasons on... Um, the show aired for four seasons on UPN. Oh, excuse me. That's no, it aired for four seasons from September t- 2005 to May of 2009, but its first season was on UPN. Right. And then when UPN merged with the CW, well, right. with WB right. and became CW, that's when the, fi- the final three seasons. And it's a good cast. I, I know we're, we're not following any type of format. Our format has completely fallen apart. But, but I think what it separates the, the great black family sitcoms from the okay slash forgettable ones Mm -hmm. is the cast like the whole cast and their chemistry with one another and their chemistry with one another and i think the thing about everybody hates chris is you really did have tachina arnold you had terry cruz yes and all three of those kid actors yes taquan richmond imani hakeem and uh of course the lead tyler james williams all three of those are they're good actors. They are good actors. So that you could hang an episode on any of those characters mm-hmm. and it would work. Yeah. So. And you didn't feel that because, you know, Tyler James is playing the Chris role. So he's, sure. he's the lead. Yeah. But you didn't feel that anyone was vying to, like, you know, their spot. No, no, no. It was a true ensemble. It was a and, true ensemble, and it actually worked. Now, would you con- like you say like it's the cast that keeps the good ones from the great ones? Right, right. Would you, do you consider the quality of the enti- of of their the entire run? Right, yes, and the consistency of the cast. Right, right. So, would you consider every uh, everyone loves or everyone hates Chris to uh, being one of the great ones? I can't think of four black family sitcoms because that's what we're talking about tonight you right know, four black family sitcoms i can't think of five that are better than everybody hates chris so i think it might be in my top five as i'm saying this in real time yeah but see, see, here's the thing i and i and i i think that it is remembered fondly no 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 i mean right the actual but but by, but by but by no means is it remembered as fondly, I think, as Good Times. And I don't I think, think Good Times right. and I don't think Good Times was a good show. I think you're right. After its first two seasons, it's I not think, a good I, show I, at I all. I think you're absolutely right. I think Good Times I think Good Times gets over by dint of the fact that it has it, it has become cemented so much in the cultural landscape. Mm-hmm. That it's actually iconic, regardless of the quality. Right. Like, quietly, I've met more than a few people under the age of 35 who've never actually seen an episode of Good Times. But they know about it. But they know about it. Yeah. Like, everyone knows about Good Times. Right. But they've never actually watched it. Watched it, yeah. We talked about this a little bit, and this always stays with me when this kind of subject comes up, about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like, we, everybody, oh, Captain Kirk and, and Spock, and, and oh, I like Star Trek. 
but there are so many people because we were talking about this this concept of Kirk as this maverick mm-hmm. captain. But when you look at every episode, he's actually just a good he's a good soldier. Right. Like it's four or five episodes where he wiles out. Mm-hmm. But most of the time they they give him orders and then he follows trying properly, to follow him. Yeah. And he does it. But I do think that there are these shows that there is a disconnect from the show itself and its cultural footprint. And Good Times might be the best example of that. It may be. It may be. So we're talking about family sitcoms today. And I think if we want to talk about family sitcoms, I think the leader of the pack, mm-hmm. you would have to say, mm-hmm. uh, would be... The Cosby Show. Absolutely. Which aired from 1984 to 1992 on uh, NBC. NBC. Yeah, Thursday night. Focusing on the Huxtables, an upper middle class American, African American family living in Brooklyn, New York, starring Bill Cosby, Felicia Rashad. Um, this is the, the show that gave us Malcolm Jamal Warner, uh, Lisa Bonet, Keisha Knight Pullum, Tempest Bledsoe, Tempest Bledsoe, Raven Simone. <laughs> yes, in later years, yeah. Raven Simone. Um, and this was the show that, for a while, for a good stretch, was the number one show in the country. Absolutely. Now this this is, you know, cable was a was a becoming a thing right but it wasn't the thing that it has since become right when we say this was the number one show we mean everybody every watched it everybody watched the cosby right it's not like the number one show in 2019 right right like that the number one show in 2019 and i'm just going to just make up but let's say and we know it's like the big bang theory for 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 years so the number one show for the last few years has been the big bang theory, one of them right number one sitcom and it's probably had numbers of maybe about anywhere from five to ten million homes watching it. Sure. The Cosby Show in its heyday had twenty-five to thirty million homes watching it every week, every single week. It yeah. was it's, it was the creation of must-see TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. On Absolutely. M- on NBC. Absolutely. Uh, and this is when, like we were talking about earlier, when sitcoms were king. Yeah. Because the it was. At its height, you had the Cosby Show, and I think that was followed by uh, Family, uh, Family Ties. Family Ties. I think Cheers was on that che- night. And then at Cheers. Some point. And was then Night Court on that night. And then Night Court. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That that and 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 to top it off, then you had your hour uh, drama, which was I think most of the time either Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Or L.A. Law. Yeah. 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 This is Brandon Tartikoff years. Yep. yep. Boy Wonder. Yep. Um, and the Cosby Show. Is rightfully hailed. Oh yeah, as a great show. Yeah, yeah. Again, and here's the the crazy thing about the Cosby Show within the context of of our Good Times conversation. The vast majority of the people in this country who know about the Cosby Show, I think, start watching it in reruns. Oh yeah. Like yeah. the Cosby show back to Star Trek is, I don't know. I don't like the Cosby show might be the last kind of show 
in that category. It's like the Cosby show on The Simpsons mm-hmm. were that those last shows that their cultural dominance continued to rise after they went off. I, I, I can give you one more. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Right, because yeah. Seinfeld came on after Cosby. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Seinfeld. Maybe Family Guy. Like, I think Family Guy Fair. has yeah. this real presence mm-hmm. outside of when it's on. But yeah, and you know, obviously, it's hard to talk about the Cosby Show. It is, especially because the the legends now uh, of Bill Cosby, right? A lot of it stems from this time. Well, and 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 the problem is so much of the Bill Cosby stuff. Even in the '80s, where we talk about the respectability politics and and mm-hmm. and this sort of real conservative bent that people ascribe to the Cosby Show, I argue that's not the show. No, you're thinking not. about Bill Cosby yes. when he would show up on places exactly. and give interviews and mm-hmm. speak. He would say all this crazy stuff, right? But he made such a concerted effort not to separate himself from the fictional character of Cliff Huxtable that a lot of what we say about, and I think the Cosby show has gotten a lot of criticism. I mean, even like during the, like, cause you and I lived through it. Like we talked about the Cosby show so much yeah, for good and ill. And, and it mm-hmm. really was just this cultural force yeah. that we all talked about. But I maintain when you actually watch the show, a lot of that stuff isn't in the show. That's Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, the crazy thing about the Cosby Show is, as as heralded as it was, at its when it came on, mm-hmm. and it came out, the, and it came out like firecrackers. And yeah, it, oh yeah, it was pulling from a lot of his albums. Um, so the stories you you kind of like knew, you know, like some of the punchlines, you know, just waiting for it, you know, set up and everything like that. The the chemistry of the cast I, I, was I, I, spot on. I go right to the cast. When we it, talk it, about it was it. so spot on. Um, you know, his chemistry with Malcolm Jamal Warner as his son was like it. It was every black family if you were a black man who had a son that's what you wanted i maintain malcolm jamal warner was a secret weapon he was he was i think he was i actually i i I agree with you Mm -hmm. i agree i absolutely agree with you you listen to people they talk about bill cosby obviously you talk about lisa bonet because you completely like you completely see lisa bonet within the first eight episodes was going to explode Talk about Keisha Knight Pulliam as this great, cute kid. Obviously, you talk about Felicia Rashad, but I think Malcolm Jamal Warner was a real secret weapon. See, I I agree with you, except about Lisa Bonet. Mm. I think Lisa Bonet had something, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I actually was surprised when they spun her off to a different world. Really? It, it made sense because she was the oldest kid and so her doing that, you know, they, they had to move it along. Mm-hmm. So I was fine with that 
And I actually was looking for the opportunity for her now on that show to really show what I thought was maybe there. Right. But I always felt from the beginning that Malcolm Jamal Warner was the one that had to pop. He was the he was the the one. I felt like Malcolm Jamal Warner was always the best team player. Like to me, Malcolm Jamal Warner gelled so well with everyone. With everyone, like every combination. Yeah, you could put him in, and you could just put have him in, in the room. Just just name a cast member, and there's an episode that I can point to that the two of them had a great episode together. Well, he saved Tempest Bledsoe because she would get lost. Yeah, it, he saved Tempest because they tried to put her with uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam, and Keisha Knight Pulliam would eclipse her. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But conversely, I always felt like Lisa Bonet almost had her own miniature separate existence within the show. Like she would bring home dates or she would talk or and and even even the the clothes she would wear and the way like she like, definitely had her own rhythm like her own rhythm which is what you would expect from a which teenager is why it really was frustrating for me as a Lisa Bonet fan and as a fan of the form mm-hmm. that they spun her off on a different world and then neutered all of that yeah they did you know they just just and and that you know talking about it's, it's well it's an infamous story for for me because i'm a cosby show different world fan but the um and i forget the the woman's name but she was the showrunner of square pegs oh i think i know you're talking and you look at the first episode of different world and it looks like a middling sitcom and and the story goes that felicia rashad visited the set and then went back and told Bill Cosby, basically, you're going to have to do something with this. And then you get the second season, which is when we all start talking about Different World, where Debbie Allen comes on board. Yeah, it was uh, Ann Beats. Yeah, Ann Beats. That's was, right. What did um, Square Peg. Right, and she did the first season of A Different World, which is forgettable at best. Mm-hmm. And part of what was forgettable about, like, that that. You know, you don't want to use the word quirky, but that's like that quirky off energy that Lisa Bonet had. They completely neutered it. Yeah, that first that first season of Different World reads a a little facts of life ish in a really bad way. In a really bad way, mm-hmm. uh, and then Debbie Allen gets a hold of it, and I actually was very excited for that because I'm a Debbie Allen fan. Oh yeah, and. I didn't know that Deb and, and as a Debbie Allen fan, I didn't know Debbie Allen had that. I didn't know mm-hmm. she w- had direction and, and producing yeah. in her. So to see her take over that show and craft it the way that she oh, did, yeah. you know, I was like, God, good, good on yeah. you, Debbie Allen. I, I, so uh, that was really, really cool. But the Cosby Show, because that's a black fan boy, we we real binge loungy well, with this episode. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I think. I think what I always admire about the Cos- the Cosby show is that from the beginning to the end, you get strong episodes. I, I, I there were strong episodes. It, it stopped. I mean, unfortunately what happened with the Cosby show is 
you know, as it became more and more successful, people started taking swipes at it. Of course. You know, um, you had the whole uh, thing with the Fox Network, which famously, you know, through putting on Martin and Living Single. Yeah. Uh, against the Cosby I show. remember. And it was before DVRs, folks. Yeah. So, so you, you had you, to decide. It was a Sophie's Choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for for a little bit there, Martin and Living Single... They gave Cosby Show a run, right, in the black community. In the black community, yeah. man, they, they, yeah, yeah. As far as the Cosby Show goes, because they still had white America, mm-hmm. they were still number one. Yeah, but black America, they were like, you know what? Yeah. They were feeling more in tune with what was happening on the Martin Show and Living Single, yeah. and I think that problem, what that was, is because those shows spoke to the the young adults in the, in the black community yeah more so than the Cosby show which was still very much a family oriented well, show in and it it's it's appropriate that we started this conversation the way we did talking about the odd couple and the Mary Tyler Moore show i think those shows had different rhythms mhm they had much different rhythms than the yeah. Cosby show like the Cosby show certainly by the last couple of seasons was this very stately, conservatively made, traditional sitcom structure? Oh, but wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm just remembering. Livy Single couldn't have gone up against the Cosby Show because Erica Alexander started on the right, Cosby, Cosby Show. Right, right, right. But I, I know what you meant. Right, like that period where you yeah. start getting the transition mm-hmm. into the post Cosby Show black sitcom. And a lot of that transition was people stating outwardly or through through insinuation, we're not the Cosby show. Yeah, yeah. Now, there, now there were shows that went up against the Cosby show. You were actually talking about one not too, um, before we started recording, which was Charles and Company starring Charles and Company. another noted black comedian. Flip Wilson. Flip Wilson. That's right. Um, married to Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. Of all people. Yeah. Um, and this was a very short run show. It was. It was very short, short run. Uh, it actually ran from September of 85 to May of 1986. I fondly remember it. So it was one of the first contenders to to take on the uh, the Cosby Show. Yeah, uh, it was on CBS, running up against it. It starred Christoph uh, St. John. Yeah, uh, and I believe making his network television debut a very young Jalil White. Jalil White, which it's appropriate he was on a show going up against the Cosby Show because he was either cast as Rudy, or he was one of the finalists to be cast as Rudy. Because well, in the Rudy spot. Because you're saying No, no, Rudy. no. Rudy. That character... Oh, so really the same, the same that name. That character was supposed to be a male character, oh. and that's why her name is Rudy. Oh, wow. See, and that... Then, I, whoa, okay. And then Keisha Knight Pulliam came in and blew away everybody. Well, if I've got Jalil White, little Jalil White and Keisha Knight Pulliam, right. I'm, I'm going Keisha Knight all the way. Well, again, talking about just how just the quality of that cast. Mm-hmm. Keisha Knight Pulliam is on a very short list of child actors that I point to and say they can work. 
Yeah. And she was really young. Very young. Really, really young. Yeah, you watched her grow up on that show, actually. And she's really well, good them, in that first two, those first couple of seasons. And then they strike gold twice. Like, how do you bring in Cousin Olivia, which is a play on Cousin Oliver right. from the Brady Bunch, the yes. most infamous later edition? And more often than not, Raven Simone actually works. She did. She did work. However, what I felt was that, with you know, through no fault of her own, because she worked, and, and a young woman, a young little girl was doing her thing. Yeah. But I felt that the show then took their eye off of the other kids. Look, I, look, because I thought that I thought, especially with Keisha Knight Pullum growing up as she was on that show. Right. She was still younger than Theo and um Thea, Vanessa. Vanessa were at when the show started. Sure. There were stories that could have been more stories to mind with and, her. And not for nothing, her little cast around her. Bud Bud that I forget that actor's name, but I believe that was Merlin Santana Merlin Santana. I think that because remember he played Stanley, oh, her yeah. little boyfriend. That's right, and he was good. Like she had, she, she did have a she little was, rotating. She yeah. was building a little crew, much like Theo had his crew. Exactly. So I agree with you. But then Raven Simone comes in, and all of it that kind of gets washed some, away. Yeah, you know. So that's true. Yeah, so, still good though. It's still good. It, like I said, it's no, it's through no fault of hers. And especially, how many years do, did you say the Cosby Show was on? It ran from eighty four to ninety two. So what's eight th- years? That's eight four. A show that has run eight years. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were talking about the Jeffersons a few episodes ago. Like these long running sitcoms, once they start getting long in the tooth, true. The the returns are the are are, are quite diminishing. Yeah. Before those diminishing returns. I've spent a lot of time watching the Cosby show over the past five years because it's a show that we've been able to watch with my daughter in the room. Okay. So, like, I've actually watched it very critically. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, like, that last season, like, those those last two seasons... Where you know Vanessa gets engaged to Dabness and oh yeah Theo is is has become a teacher and and, and that's when Erica Alexander is on there. It's a cousin. When cousin Pam is on there, Erica Alexander is not a bad addition. Oh no, well, Erica Alexander is not a bad addition to anything. All right now, well, then, you know that, what I that, you know what, you know my fa- you know my favorite memory of Erica Alexander. I saw <laughs> Erica Alexander and and I thought of my grandfather, <laughs> who I would take walks with in the woods. In Aliceville, Alabama, and we would talk about life, and he would tell me of his experiences. And we'd look at the night sky, and we could see the stars because we were in the country. And when I see Erica Alexander, that's what I think of. Good on you, dude. <laughs> I think of her in miniskirts. All right, now from Living Single, but she was good on the costume. She was show. very good on the costume. She was, show. And, and her little crew. See, I know. Oh, isn't that what Jada Pinkett? Wasn't Jada Pinkett on air? No, Jada Pinkett is friends with uh, her friend Charmaine. Because remember, her girl Charmaine went to Hillman. Oh, that's right. And then she went to dip, but but Charmaine, and then there they she had a little like the cos like the casting director 
was rock solid Mm -hmm. pulling in this talent. So that, again, from the beginning to the end, it's just a quality product. All right. I hear you. You You, We we name-checked the Jeffersons, which was the longest-running, and I do mean was, the longest-running black sitcom. It ran for a total of 253 episodes over 11 seasons from 1975 to 1985. Now, it's the longest running as in time, but it doesn't have the most episodes. I thought House of Pain caught it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's the second longest running American series with a primarily African-American cast. Tyler Perry's House of Pain. That's right. Got it by one episode. I remember that. I remember when that was coming up. Which, which totally blew my mind. Yeah. But that's because the way the show d- did their thing. Have you ever watched an episode of House of Pain? I've watched maybe two to three. I cannot sit through it's that. It's not good. At all. It wasn't good. When it started, it was all about... Some lady running some senior home or something like that. No, no, no. I th- no House. Of no, no, Pain. no. That's the wrong one. Right. You talking about? I, that's I'm not thinking about the, the other Browns, one. but but yeah, yeah. House of Pain is the one with with well Carl Payne. That's right. And, well, and he's like House a of fireman Pain. and like Lance Gross is on it. I think. First of all, first of all, look, look. look. I mean, you got to talk about House of Pain if you're going to talk about black family sitcoms. I suppose you do. I suppose you do. I'm not an Alan Payne fan. I just don't. Alan Payne just. I don't. I don't know how defensive you have to be about that. Well, there are people that like him. Now, Lance Gross, who was on there, who is that was? Um, I believe Lance. I think believe Lance Gross is Bud. No, 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 no. I that's not Bud. No, that's not. Bud. I think. I think. I think. No, that's not Bud. I, he's because I've seen that other actor in stuff. He's. I've seen Bud in stuff. Well, maybe he wasn't Bud. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't Bud. I thought he was Bud. No, no. I think Lance Gross was introduced to us by Tyler Perry. Was he? I'm pretty sure he was. Don't say that. Hey, You're man. right. Yeah. You're darn right. Darn it. I'm wrong. Anyway. Well, I like Lance Gross. Something about him, he's likable. Yeah, you got that. I don't think he's a great actor, but he's, he's yeah. likable. But the House of Pain, no. I could not sit through that show. There... I forget the actress's name, but but I, I think Cream does rise to the top because she has gone on to be in other things. What's the actress's name? She, speaking of black families, she's on Black Lightning now. She plays the younger sister. Oh, China Ann McLean. China Ann McLean. I do remember seeing her yeah. first in, I think she was in Daddy's Little Girls, mm-hmm. and then she was on House of Pain. And yeah. I do remember saying, oh, I like that little actress. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all I can really give House. Yeah, that's all we can give it, and that's more than it deserves. <sighs> Look, man, that's more than it deserves. You got to get the people, get the people what they want, and the people want Tyler Perry. And Tyler Perry made a show for three years that caught up with the Jeffersons because he taped ninety-seven episodes a week. I'm looking. I got a listing here of some of these some of these sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to throw some names at you. Tell me which ones you want you may, maybe want to talk about as we wind this thing down. All right. Because um, some of these some of these shows I've 
Well, I'm curious whether what you, what your thoughts on them. All right. Uh, my wife and kids. You know what? I have grown to appreciate my wife and kids, and this is why. My wife and kids is a very mediocre, almost forgettable show. You're right. But I like the fact that black sitcoms had gotten to the point where it didn't have to be like super buffoonish over the top Mm -hmm. or damn near an August Wilson play. Right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Obviously, I thought it would have been better if there was more Tisha Campbell. But we've talked about Tisha Campbell and how Tisha Campbell gets caught out is that she's always basically the love interest. Mm-hmm. So that if my wife and kids was my husband and kids, mm-hmm. I think it would have been a million times better. Thousand times better. But I respect how forgetful my wife and kids. And I will say this about my wife and kids. Anytime I've been so, because my wife and kids is what I call a getting your oil change sitcom. Like if you're getting like tires or somewhere and you're sitting in a waiting room and it's on and then you watch it. I've never watched an episode of my wife and kids where by the end of it, I didn't go. Oh, well that was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right. Just like that. That was all right. Uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, another one that's dead, dead from the beginning all the way to the very end. Just the level of quality was remarkable. I didn't stick with the show to the very end, but I, I was a fan. I'm seeing a lot of reruns. Same thing as the Cosby show. Like, I'm watching a lot of it now. And, and you know, obviously Will Smith, obviously Alfonso Ribeiro. Mm-hmm. But I think. The late, great James Avery. James Avery that was the secret was, weapon of that show. That James Avery was the secret weapon. Mm-hmm. Across the board because I think just by the nature of of him being the father, he was kind of the heavy. Mm-hmm. James Avery was hilarious. He was hilarious. Hilarious. Yes. So yeah, I'm a big big fan of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Again, just the craft that you see in this show. I don't know if we uh, talked about this. Where do you fall on the Aunt Viv argument? I know this is sacrilege. I don't care because she was a non-factor. Either way, right? Like on the like on the list of like like if I have to pick, I like old Aunt Viv, which was. Um... Uh, uh, Janet Hubert. Right, because I think we're all supposed to like Janet Hubert, but I also think Janet Hubert amazingly over o- o- overvalued her importance. She overplayed her hand. Yeah, like a lot. Yes. And 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 thus and thus we had Daph- Daphne uh, Daphne Reed. Daphne Reed, who I I like as a person, but Daphne Reed has never done anything. Nothing. That where I've said, and I mean just in anything, not no. just a Fresh Prince. Well, but but too, I think, like you said, Aunt Viv ultimately was not that important to the show. Yeah. But I think that also is a byproduct of who they got to be Aunt Viv after Janet Huber. 
again, we talk all this Aunt Viv, Janet Hubert stuff, and, and we, you know, everybody plays the clips where she was dancing in that what episode, and we like that where she was at the dance contest. But I go back to the Captain Kirk argument. I'm a textualist. When you look at the actual episodes, <laughs> episode one, episode two, episode three, all the way to when she was gone. Mm-hmm. No one is talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because of Aunt Viv. That's true. Where do you stand with Family Matters, which ran from 1989 to 1997, made Jalil White a star as Urkel? I give it its props for its place of importance in people of a certain age group's life. But I don't know if I've ever watched... I've maybe seen three entire episodes of Family Matters. Really? Like maybe three. It is the third yeah. longest running um, black sitcom um, behind the Jeffersons and Tyler Perry's House of Pain uh, with 215 episodes. Yeah, and I know there are Family Matters people. But it ran for the second longest number of seasons. Yeah. So in seasons, it's only behind Jefferson's. Yeah. I'd, I, I, I will say this. I think there's an argument to be made for Jaleel White's physical comedy throughout the run. Yes, I, I agree. And his perform, you know, just his physical performance, not just comedy, but his performance where he plays various characters and in, in various things. But I was never I think I was too old. I think I was too old when Family Matters came out. I hear you. Yeah. I was now you again. This was I was a fan of. Laura uh, Kelly um, and Kelly Williams. I can't pronounce yeah. her middle name. I was a fan of hers as an actress and as just a, a, a breathtaking woman. Yeah. Um, See, all, the weird thing is, she was a kid though, and then she kind of grew into a woman. Yeah, I know. So well, then it felt weird. No, not to me. I just waited for her to be a woman, um, and then uh, and then I was actually happy that the show was as long running as it was because I've always been a fan of Telma Hopkins. So oh, I yeah. liked having her seeing her on a hit show. How long was Telma Hopkins on there though? She was on there from almost the beginning of the show. Was she really? Because yeah. I thought she came towards the end. No. No, okay. no, 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 no. Telma Hawkins, Hopkins bounced around now. Oh yeah, she did. She was a bounce around. She did. I mean, well, for those who don't know, who only know her from Family Matters, she got her start as a singer uh-huh. as part of the pop group from the 70s, Dawn. Tony Orlando right. and Dawn. She was part of Dawn. She was the one that tied the yellow ribbon right. around the old, now, old tree. Now, was Give Me a Break her first television role? Give Me a... Was it her first television yeah. role? Well, that's a good question. Because um, that's when I first saw her and I said, that's the woman from Dawn. That's a good question. I don't know. Cause because give me a break. That that was the show with Nell Carter. Yes. Um A terrible show. <laughs> it, it was not a good show. No, no, no. It was a terrible show. Ah, I knew that wasn't her first show. Her first show, because I remember this, okay. and I loved her on this show, was as Isabel on Bosom Buddies, the show that gave us Tom Hanks. Oh my god. 
I remember that. I don't. I do not remember her on Bosom yes, Buddies. Yes, she was the lone black character. I on do Bosom not Buddies. remember anyone black on Bosom Buddies. It was Thelma Hopkins. Wow. I mean, I completely believe because she bounced around. Now immediately she after was that, always on something. Immediately. Well, here's the thing. That's true. But she was she was a lady that made work. Uh, I'm glad we brought this up. So she, you know, she went from Tony Orlando and Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, then she. Did Bosom Buddies from 1980 to 82. Okay. Then she played Addie on Give Me a Break. Right, which is where I saw her. From 83 to 87. Right. And then she, um, you know, after a couple of years, she's on Family Matters from 89 to 1997. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then as a lead actress, she also starred in a TV series, Getting By, from 1993 to 1994. I feel like I remember that. She was a regular cast member on Half and Half. I, I knew that. In the 2000s. Yeah, Toma Hopkins was always around. She was on the, uh, she was, wow, I didn't even realize this was a series. Oh, on TBS. She was on the TBS series, Are We There Yet? They made a TV series I of that I do remember, uh, and I never movie. watched one episode of it. Uh... Wow, so she yeah. she's she's done work. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And Real I was always a big, a big fan of hers. Uh, me too. I always liked her. I'm glad to see. Yeah. Uh, let's. So I'm just gonna run through a, a few more. Okay. Um, were you a, the were you a fan of the Bernie Mac show? I was. I did like the Bernie. I Mac liked show. the Bernie Mac show a lot. And again, really good kid actors. Yes. Yes. Now, as much as I love, uh, what's her name? Because Lord have mercy. Which one are you talking about? From, from who, else, who would I be saying Lord have mercy for with Bernie Mac? Oh, <laughs> I mean, who else would I be talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I, I'm there with you. Yeah. Uh, you would be talking about the actress that played his wife, who would be Kalita Smith. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Yes. Kalita Smith is fond as the day is long. She but is. she is not the greatest actress. No, she's not. To, but to her defense, she's not given a lot to do on she's that She's not given a lot to do, but I, I think we might, <laughs> it might be the chicken and the egg. You're, 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 you're true. I mean, but in her defense, Bernie Mac is not the best actor either. Yeah, but, Bernie, he's, but he's hilarious. Uh, he is. He is. <laughs> but she's fine. She, she is fine. Um... Uh, we talked about what's happening before. I know I'm really kid. That's not a family. We're doing family. And we're doing families. That's not really. This is a binge lounge. We stay hyper focused. <laughs> um, Moesha was a family comedy. Moesha was a family, and I really enjoyed the first couple of seasons of Moesha. And then you know the Moesha story where that went off the rails, where they changed showrunners or producers or something, but. It got real kind of soapy. Oh, did it? Yeah. In his uh, last because Shirley Ralph, I think, may have quit because of that. Mm. And because remember, Moesha's father thought was saying that 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 Ray J was her cousin, but it was really her brother, and because he had had an affair, and and yeah, Moesha got a little schlocky by the end. I've never seen an episode of Moesha. It's not bad. I'm not pushing Moesha on you. Thank you. Although, you should always take an opportunity to see Shirley Ralph. 
Who's I, another one? No, I like Shirley Lee Ralph. Of course you do, because she's Shirley Ralph with her fine ass. <laughs> okay. How about your boy, uh, Robert Townsend in The Parenthood? The Parenthood it was not a good show. Is like, here's the thing. I wish The Parenthood was a bad show, because at least I, you, you kind of train wreck it and watch it. The Parenthood, here's, here's, here's the problem with The Parenthood. Well, the problem wasn't Suzanne Douglas. No, it was not. Played his wife. Also fun. The problem with the parenthood. I'll tell you the problem. Is that it was so self-consciously devoted to being positive. Mm-hmm. That it forgot to be funny. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of sat there. Like, it yep. actually wasn't funny. And I, admi- I admire what Robert Townsend was trying to do. But it it just, there's nothing there. Nothing. 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 And I watched a couple episodes of it, and I was yeah, like, this. Look, like you said, what's, what's that girl's name? Suzanne. Tap. She's Suzanne called. Douglas. Yeah, Suzanne Douglas would get you in for five episodes. Now, here's a show. I wonder if you remember this. Thea. Remember when they tried to make a I show? I do remember with the comedian Thea. Thea Vidal? Oh, my God. I forgot all about Thea. The series, which ran from 93 to 94. I was about to say it wasn't one long. Yeah, it only totaled 19 episodes. Uh, marked the first time that an African-American female comedian was the star of a series named after her. I don't remember one thing about Thea. <laughs> not much. There's not a lot to remember about yeah. this. Um, except that it, uh, uh, Brandy was on the show as her daughter. Brandy was on Thea. I remember wanting to like that. Me too. And it, and it just... It, yeah. yeah, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw that. I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow, you what pulled one out? I, well, I had, I had to go deep. I had you to go deep. One. I mean, if you're gonna go that deep, you gotta at least mention the Gregory Hines show. Oh, what was that? Like family show? I think it was actually called the Gregory Hines show. Uh, it's not on here. See how they do. <laughs> see how? See, I don't remember the Gregory Hines show. Yeah, because it was was him. it a sitcom? It it was it was sitcommy because it was him. It was, um, damn, how did I just forget our man's name? Our man from The Wire, from New Orleans. Oh, um, um, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, I know who exactly you're talking about. And I'm going to pull it. It's Winston, Wendell Pierce. Wendell Pierce. Wendell right. Pierce plays his brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Gregory, Gregory Hines gets divorced. He's raising his son. Wendell Pierce plays his brother. I think one of those really great older black actors plays their dad. So it's three generations of black men. Uh, that would be, I believe. Uh, hmm, I don't know. Oh, Bill Cobbs. Bill Cobbs. Yeah, Bill Cobbs. Bill Cobbs plays their dad. Yeah. Yeah. Loved that show. Well, <laughs> You loved all fifteen episodes. Of it. I was about, it was it was on and off. Yeah, it was on and off. It was on and off. It was it, because I remember people used to talk about that with Frank's Place. Like we were all supposed to watch both of these shows. You were, you were. They man, they made a whole lot about Frank's Place, Tim Reed's um, show. 
which I did watch a couple of episodes, always, like maybe a few years later. I always thought Frank's Place was boring. It's very boring. I didn't like Frank's it Place. It was not good. It was not good. I, I, I think I watched every episode because I was supposed to, but it was like school. Here's a show that I did enjoy. Rock. Oh. Talking about a play every week. Yeah. Remember, remember when they went live? Oh, Rock was... Oh, come on. Look. Rock was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, like I just said, uh, talking about um, my wife and kids and the mediocrity mm-hmm. of it, where you had these shows that were just dreck, or you had these shows that were August Wilson plays. Rock was a damn August Wilson play every week. Every week. Yeah, it was amazing. It was extraordinary. Charles Dutton and uh, Ella Joyce. Let me tell Rockman you. Rockman Dunbar. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. whole cast. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Carroll, Carl Gordon. Yeah, I said Rockman Dunbar. Yeah, I think I you were Rocky, talking about yeah, I meant Rocky, Rocky Carroll. Carroll. I yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. When Ella Joyce mm. would walk up to Charles Dutton and grab his face, grab it and grab it, and, and, and then kiss him man, on his head. And what you talking about? <sighs> Woo! That was some black love, man. Ella Joyce. Yeah, that was some black love. Ella Joyce. Some black love. She another one. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, there's been a there's been a lot. I mean, there was family time. I don't remember family time. Oh, is that the one with the with the uh, with the Goodings boy? Is that the one with Omar Goodings? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, that was. Oh, that was on bounce. Yeah, I think that might still be on. Is it? I mean, I see commercials for it. Maybe they're showing reruns. Okay. Uh, yeah, family time. You've got the Parenthood we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got. Well, hanging with Mr. Cooper wasn't a family show. No, that wasn't a family show. Um, I'm looking here. The Hughleys. The Hughleys. Another one. Just sort of run of the mill ABC mediocre, tepid, mm-hmm. you know, the type of shows that Kevin James is a multimillionaire off of. That's right. That's absolutely, yeah, but it's absolutely nice right. to see black versions of them, of these shows. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, well, Amen was not a fan. Oh, here's Baby I'm Back. Baby I'm Back. Baby, I'm back, an American sitcom that yes, aired on sir. CBS from January 30th to April 24th of 1978. <laughs> hey. Who played, you're right, DeMont Wilson. Yep. Denise Nichols. Denise Nicholas. And as his daughter, little itty bitty Kim Fields. That's absolutely right. Who else was in that show who's been in everything? Old Lady. I think she was born old. Oh, um, right, because because she plays Denise Nichols' mother. You're talking about um, we actually did an episode about her with Harlem Shuffle, Helen Martin, Helen Martin. Yep. Who you're right, Helen Martin has been old since 1907, which was also again nice that she then got hooked up with two two seven, right. Which actually lasted a little bit, yeah. so she got some bread. So she got you know, some bread. Order. That's right. Order. And two two seven. I guess that was I mean, a family. Well, show. It, the family wasn't the center of the show. It wasn't. But yeah. it, but it, you know. Yeah. But yeah. That was a, a family show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Wow, baby, I'm back. Jesus Christ. We, <laughs> y'all don't know, like, Lynn and I had a pre-show discussion. I thought we were going to have, like, a very elevated conversation. We were going to start with Julia and go from, like, we haven't even mentioned. Well, you talking about Julia. I was ready to go back to Beulah. Right, right. Do you remember Beulah? I bet you don't. But Beulah didn't have a family. Yeah, but it was, yeah, Beulah, was but it was a maid. black sitcom. We, we, you didn't say black sitcom. You well, said I you know. wanted to do black family sitcoms. I know, but then, but then looking into the history of black sitcoms, th- the first two black sitcoms, were Beulah and Amos and Andy. Right. But you said black family sitcom. No, I understand. Because again, it's the binge lounge and we stay focused. <laughs> Can't you tell? Can't you tell? <laughs> and Beulah's on here. Yeah. What do you think about Julia? I thought that it it was okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was anything great. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I'm sorry it's a controversial, but you know where I stand with Diane Carroll. Okay. Um but I but it's groundbreaking for its time. Yeah. So and and I actually don't think it's too controversial to say that about Julia because I think everything that makes Diane Carroll Diane Carroll like Julia is such a neutered shell mm-hmm. by design. Mhm. That I I think I think Julia is a show that's way more important than it is good. You're right. You're Although right. I think Diane Carroll is breathtaking just visually. Like, like she just sort of floats through the whole, all, all the episodes. But that's another interesting show that got a lot of pushback. And I forget how many seasons it was on. It was on either Julia. Two, yeah, it was either two or three seasons. But they quote unquote blackened Julia up because of all the pushback that it got from parts of the black community. And that's when Diane Sands came on. Oh, really? Diane Sands was a frequent guest, if not a supporting character, on, again, the second or third season. Mm-hmm. She shows up on Julia, which is how Julia bounces, I mean, how Diane Carroll bounces to um, Claudine right. after Diane Sands gets sick. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it only ran from sixty-eight to September sixty-eight to March of nineteen seventy-one. Okay, uh, Julia. So either the second or third season, they tried to bring in basically more black people because the first season is just Julia, just her nurse, and, and then it's like white people bouncing all around. Them. Right, right, right. Yeah, notable for being one of their first weekly series to depict an African American woman in a non-stereotypical. That's right. That's right. Role. Look, it's super important. But, she was a nurse. On but this. but again, if if you just want to look at the craft of the show, it it doesn't hold your attention. Like once you get over the wow, look at Diane Carroll walking back and forth. It's not a lot there. Yeah. All right. Is there any other show you want me to you want to hit before we, we I mean, roll out of here? You know, we're in the midst of of a blackish asan assance. Yes, like, we got to like, talk about black. Like it's, blackish. It's got grownish, which is I think going into its third season next year, and now they have another spinoff. Do you watch Grownish? Have you watched it? I do watch Grownish. Mm-hmm. I do watch Grownish, and it's not bad. It's not. I've it's watched not a couple of episodes, bad. and I think what really keeps me into Grownish is that I really like the cast. They say, yeah, like I like I like these young actors yeah. on Grownish, like it, it, across the board. It's got a different world feel to it. It's it. It's got a bit of a different world feel to it. I, I mean, it's a little. 
it's a little it's real millennialish. Yes, with with everything that they do. Like I, I like the cast. Mm-hmm. I watch Blackish, but I have to say I'm I'm at the point I'm watching Blackish more out of habit mm-hmm. than anything else. And and we were talking. You know, I, like, I've I've I'm. I'm off the. I've been off the black. Yeah, Black-ish talking about the Cosby Show, like I said earlier, Blackish is a show that we can watch with my 14 year old. Mm-hmm. So we all watch Blackish together, and and you, you know it's a weekly appointment or an almost weekly appointment with Jennifer Lewis. Well, so you can't go wrong with that. I'm a Jennifer Lewis fan. I just I just don't I. I I just don't believe the dynamic of that show. So I right. so I like Marseille Martin. I don't think she's going to be on there much longer. Well, I don't know. I think her star is rising. Well, it it's it's should it's should little be. didn't the movie little didn't do the box office that she probably wanted, but she's a banger. She's a banger. Yeah, yeah. But I like her. I like you know I actually like the the and I I can't remember their names right now but I like Junior and Jack the the two actors mm. like I like them well enough I feel like they still because I I like Tracy Ross but I feel like they still have not really nailed what to do with her crack the code right I agree because I do like her as well and you know Anthony- and I don't think and I don't think the cracking of the code is to start another series mind you even though it's, she won't be there right but to build up this whole backstory of her character right. and mix it but to your point I am kind of interested in seeing where blackish is going to go because there are you know basically everything you just said I think this Marseille Martin thing may have thrown people for a loop. Mm-hmm. Because she's a younger cast member, and I think people thought she would be there. I think Tracy Ross. I think Tracy Ross's professional career. She has shown a pattern of sometimes she is dissatisfied. Oh, was that was that the story behind uh, girlfriends? I think I think there was some. I, I think there was some movement on girlfriends. I think there was a little. A, a little, a, a, a little activity. Remember, she was on the sh- talking about black family shows. Remember, she was on the show with Malcolm Jamal Warner for a minute. Read, read between the lines. Read between the lines. Yeah. Yes. So you know, I think that may have been something. There have been there. There was a little grumbling about salaries here on Blackish. Well, so I think. Well, you know, that's that can be a thing. You know, I think that might be a fault line. Hmm. I think Kenya Barris being gone. Is is I'm waiting for that to turn into whatever it's going to turn into. Although, as we talked about, uh, Eddie Wong left fresh off the boat, and that doesn't show any signs of slowing the showrunner behind that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. made by the showrunner, like it's his life. I know. Yeah, and that doesn't look like it's slowing down at all. So, I'm curious to see what we're talking about with Blackish in three years. Mm, I don't know if it's got. It's been renewed for a sixth season. I don't think it's. I don't think it's got three more in it. I think I. It, don't get me wrong. I'm happy for its success. Oh. I don't watch it, but I. I like that it's out I, there. You like that it's it right that it exists exactly exactly. But I don't know if it's got three more seasons in it. Maybe two. 
yeah, maybe this one, this maybe one coming, and, and, and another one, one after that. I, I, yeah. I kind of because it's already it's already in syndication, so it's you know they're you got some that money. money coming, and and I think both Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ross got a cut of that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so and Anthony Anderson is probably you know looking to do some more things, maybe get back into the movies thing. Yeah. I actually just watched, um, just sitting around on vacation, watched the first Transformer movie again. I forgot that he was in there as a nerd. Why were you watching the Transformers? Because it was on and she wanted to watch it because she loves that movie. I think it's not a bad movie. I don't love it, but I don't think it's a bad movie. So, you know. I wish y'all could see my face. (laughs) I wish they could, too. I mean, it's not a bad movie. What? What's wrong with the, the first Transformers movie? The first Transformers movie. Why do you keep movie? saying it as if it's a Transformers because movie the, the that rest wasn't of them, directed by Michael Bay? Yeah, because the first one is the first one is come on, stop. Is dumb fun. It's terrible. And you watch. It's not terrible. The first one is not terrible. I'm not saying. I'm not talking about Citizen oh Kane my God. here. I know we need to wrap. But this it's probably up. I was, about. Not ready for you to sit over Dude, and defend the first Transformers movie. The is Transformers. A, the first Transformers movies is about every bit as much stupid fun as any of those Fast and Furious you movies. You shut your <laughs> filthy mouth. It, it, it is. I'm not saying it is as mouth. good as them, but it's probably about as much fun. The first one. How dare you! <laughs> The first one. Mention the Fast and Furious saga. <laughs> saga. The epic poetry uh, that, what is, that is the Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the Transformers. The first movie. <laughs> That's your hill. That's your That's hill the right there. We're not on the dark side of the moon. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're talking Transformers movie continuity. I got into an argument with my lady about Transformers, Dark Side of the Moon. Because she loves that movie. And I said, I don't know how you can love that movie because the movie does not even play fair with itself. Would you like me to explain real quick? I I, I have to. Oh, so in that movie, that's oh, the movie Lord. where they introduced the Dinobots, yeah. oh, right? Jesus and and Optimus Prime yeah. is you know famously turns into a big truck. <laughs> well, yes, you know. Yes, but does. also he's Op- a robot who is also a truck. You know, he's a robot in disguise. Yeah, uh, but he as a truck. <laughs> but he also famously is always late because he always gets there. After one of his Transformers dies. So he has to make an entrance. He has to. Yeah. Of course. So throughout that whole movie, he spends it's his like time. Horn in stormy weather. The being, being late. <laughs> that's yes. a callback. That's a callback. And that's an, <laughs> that's an apt description. Yes. Optimus Prime is like Lena Horn in, in stormy, stormy weather. weather. <laughs> uh, so. But that, your Apple reviews. <laughs> so. 
So he's always late and he's running and he gets there just in the nick of time or he turns into a truck or he comes in running right, 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 and does right. a stop, drop and roll into with his truck. guns and everything he's like that. that and then famously in that in that movie, oh, he oh. tames the dino, the Dinobots yeah, oh yeah. and rides one of the Dinobots, which is pretty metal. It is. Okay. All it right. is. Was his sword on fire? Yes. Okay. And he that's, rise into, now that's pretty metal. It, all right. It, true. Okay. All right. True. All right. Because that's what Optimus Prime does. Right. 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 But then, at the very end of the movie, okay, when they have to take whatever the MacGuffin is, yes, yes, and they have to transport it off the planet. Sure. Of course. At this point, Mister. Mm-hmm. Optimus Prime. Yes. Who turns into a truck. Turns into a truck. Who runs and is always late. Always late. Had to ride a Dinobot to come in to save the day. I believe he was riding Grimlock. Exactly. Yes, yes, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, who is also a robot. It is at this point that Mr. Optimus Prime Mm -hmm. now sprouts wings (laughs) and jets... And flies away. And suddenly, you've made me want to watch. <laughs> that was the final piece I needed. So you have Optimus Prime, who's an alien robot who also turns into a truck and also has wings and a jetpack. That he's never had for three freaking... He didn't have it for most of this movie. The jetpack could have come in handy jet when he's trying handy. to get there you know, these, to save people's lives. You know, these are the kind of conversations I avoid at the comic <laughs> shop. I pointed this out to my lady. Right, right. She said, I don't care. You're thinking too hard about this. You kind of are. It's it's a Michael Bay movie about alien robots that turn into cars. And but it's not playing. That's, that's, and dinosaurs. It's not. It's not playing by the rules that it's set up. Okay, can we maybe... We, we need to wrap this up. Maybe wrap something. <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I don't know how we wrap this up. I mean, Tyrese is in some of these movies. Tyrese... And there's your connection got, to Fast and Furious. Got to Fast and Furious, but also to to the the gangster movie to the uh the, the, uh, uh, the biker he's, boys he's baby boy baby boy and then you think about these characters in baby boy or these gangster movies you think about the john singleton movies but then you also think about the hughes brothers and you think about mr society and lorenz tate was in south central, central which was a black family which was a criminally uh criminally underrated underrated show, show that only lasted one season yes so there you go. See, I brought it back. Good job. I brought it back. Is you want to talk about Michael Bay Transformers movies and robots? Who See, also you brought it back, trucks. but now you now just I'm couldn't just, you just couldn't I just, just leave, couldn't leave it. Leave it go. <laughs> I, I transformed. Back. I got you. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Y'all got it. We we did a. Binge. You've been asking for a binge lounge, just, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we the, call it. We call it the aristocrats. You know, if this didn't have to play on FM radio, I'd give you the aristocrats joke right now. But uh, that is not. We don't have enough bleeps. We don't have enough bruh for that joke. So, um, 
we will before we tell you what we what film we'll be watching next week, yes. ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to send all of your feedback. Email us at mishowmission at gmail.com. Uh, you can hit us up, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Michaud Mission. Uh, join the Michaud Mission Facebook group where we have a whole lot of fun. Uh, please like and follow us um, on Apple Podcasts and, or the podcast of your choice and please give us a rating and review because that helps people find our show. And it makes our overlords at Podglomerate very happy. Uh, we also invite you to come out for our very special event on Thursday, August 22nd. Oh, yeah. We're right there. Where the Michelle Mission will be doing a special screening and talkback of To Sleep With Anger at the Bryn Mawr Film Institute at 7 p.m. on Thursday, August 22nd. Um, go to our website, MichelleMission.com, for information about how you can get tickets to join us for our talkback and review of this urban gothic tale by director Charles Burnett and starring Danny Glover and the aforementioned Cheryl Lee Ralph. Uh, we promise to have a good time, and we hope you will come out and have a good time with us. Um, thank you very much. All right. Okay. Next week on the Michaud Mission, ladies and gentlemen, we, I think it's my, it's my turn. It is your turn. Is it really? It really is. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't think it was my turn to, to ch choose a film. Uh, events, but uh, I believe that it is. So I have to choose a movie. Now, people have been following me. I've been in the Wayback Machine. Yes. So, you know, and I believe I went to the 60s last time, correct? You did. You did. So, which means that I, I am now due to jump back to the 50s. Oh, boy. And you know, you know, oh, boy. It gets rough in the 50s. It's rough in the 50s. <laughs> it, it, it gets real rough. But I think I found a film. Okay. You know, um, you know what? I think I found a film. And I, now, I, now I'm, I'm looking at another film. All right. Which one do I choose a year, Vince? You choose the year that will denote the film. Okay. 1953. Okay. Or 1959. You know what? I'm just going to take my medicine. 1953. 1953, which means that we will be reviewing Bright Road. Oh, my Lord, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Bright Road, God. the story of a first-time teacher. Oh, Lord. I think I remember. I think I saw this. <laughs> Troubled. Wait, what was 59? Wait, let me finish. Okay. All right. Bright Road. First-time teacher Jane Richards, played by Dorothy Dandridge. Oh, things are looking up. Troubled to learn that one of her students, C.T. Young, played by Phil Philip Hepburn, has a history of taking two years to complete each grade. Oh, no. Although everyone has given up on him, Jane resolves to get him through the fourth grade on a normal schedule. Okay. So that is the movie that we're going to be doing, Bright Road, which stars Dorothy Dandridge, Philip Hepburn, and... Harry Belafonte. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who was 59? Now, because you asked, if you had chosen what was behind door number two, 1959, yeah. 
we would have been reviewing Black Orpheus. Oh. Young Lovers, no, Orpheus, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Eurydice. Yeah, yeah, Black Orpheus is fantastic. Run through the favelas of Rio yeah. during Carnival. On the lamb from a hitman dressed like death. I actually have the um the Criterion, criterion collection, collection of that. Edition of- I've never seen it. I've always heard it's wonderful. wonderful things about Black the movie. Orpheus is wonderful. Well, I was ready to choose it. But you chose 1953. <laughs> so we'll be doing Bright Road. Well, you're not hurting anybody but yourself. <laughs> Black Orpheus is wonderful. I, 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 I never would have chosen it because it's, it's Brazilian. Yeah, because it's, it's not a black. Yeah. So you wouldn't consider that a black film? I, I wouldn't. I mean, because yeah, that's not even right. the African we, we, diaspora. So. I, no, it's definitely the African. Well, like, okay. Black well, cool, the black film. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. We've we've gone back and forth. Like I, I will probably never pick something that wasn't made in the United States. I like I won't pick it. So I've never seen it. So, but it's a wonder. I'm I'm assuming it's subtitled. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. In the music and this, like it really is a gorgeous film. If you've never seen it, you should you you'd love it too. You would love Black Orpheus. I, I want to see it. You should see Black Orpheus this week. You should watch Black Orpheus. So I should watch if you it anyway. Me, if you if you remind me, I'll bring my um. Do you have a Blu-ray? I don't know if I have it on Blu-ray. I no, probably uh, no, don't. I no, probably don't great, have because I don't have a Blu-ray player. Yeah, so yeah. that'll work. Yeah, if you remind me, I'll bring you my copy. You you'll love. You would love Black Orpheus. All right. But, uh, all right, you know, Pride Road, I mean, it's Dorothy Dandridge. It's Dorothy Dandridge. And I believe it's maybe on, no, it w- it was last month. Hey, these people ain't paying us to advertise what it's on. Well, well, me and you will figure it out. Okay. And the missionaries who want to follow us. Follow us. And wherever people are listening to this in the far future. <laughs> but, okay. All right. All right. So, Bright Road next Bright week. Bright Road. All right. From 1953. Excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get out of here. I hope you enjoyed the binge lounge. Yes. Until next time. A focused and well-structured discussion. Tight conversation Mm -hmm. about black sitcoms. He's Vince. I'm Len. Until next time, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. Bye.